Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique and I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 14th, you're gonna get the following. A magic morning journal, which is going to help you every day to set your energy in the right way, daily prompts. Plus, you're gonna get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me, and you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the Platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. There's a group of people that only you can help in the way that you can help them. So if you don't step into your calling, step into your gifts, step into the marketplace, there are people that are missing out because you're not doing it. If you're a person who's looking to have more purpose in your life, if you're saying to yourself, I don't want to just go to work, I want to do my life's work. If you want to be baking or sculpting or dancing or songwriting or screenwriting or painting or doing that thing that you've just always wanted to do, but you haven't figured out quite how to make a living full-time doing it, this is the show. This is the show, Don't Keep Your Day Job. How do you figure out how to take your passion and turn it into a profit? Life is too short not to wake up every day excited. You've got something that you've got to share with the world. I'm positive. That's why you're here. We're here to have this conversation week after week. We're interviewing people who've done it. We're talking about the strategies. The show will not just give you inspiration, but some real life tools that you can start to take some real action week after week so that you can not just go to work and build someone else's dream. You can do the thing that you've always truly wanted to do. Make yourself the happiest version of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so happy that you're here. 2018, this is going to be your year. 
This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in a couple's lives even happier. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, visit zola.com slash dreamjob. Thanks to Slack for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Slack is a messaging app which brings all your team's communication together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. Go to slack.com to learn more. Thanks to Daily Harvest for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code DREAMJOB to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code DREAMJOB for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. Thanks to Third Love for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Go to thirdlove.com slash dreamjob now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dreamjob for 15% off your first purchase. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I am so fired up about today's episode. Christy Wright is here. I'm going to tell you in a minute who she is, but you guys are going to love Christy. She is a fire hose of inspiration and she wrote a book called Business Boutique and she's got so much. She's like chock full of information, tangible information on how to grow your business and how to fuel your life and have more passion every day when you're waking up doing what you love. You're going to love this interview. Before I get started, I just wanted to say there's a great quote I just read and I want to share it with you. Here's what it says. And then I realized that to be more alive, I had to be less afraid. So I did it. I lost my fear and gained my whole life. I recently posted that on Instagram and I want you to know this. It's all been scary. Okay. I'm still scared sometimes, but I'm so glad that I've done it anyway or that I do it anyway. I'm glad that I'm not waiting to be ready all the time. And maybe things won't work out perfectly, right? I mean, maybe you're going to listen to me and you're going to be like, Kath, I did it. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to the people you're interviewing and things aren't always easy. And here's the thing. Yeah, that's true. But maybe while you're trying to see what's going to work and what's not going to work and while you're showing up and getting out of your comfort zone, maybe, just maybe it's the greatest adventure of a lifetime. And where would my life be today if I had listened to the fear, if I hadn't gotten married because that sure as heck was scary or if I hadn't had kids or if I hadn't had a second kid or a third kid because I had those thoughts of like, how could I do it? How can I have enough time to take care of somebody else? Or what if I'm not good enough? Or what if I lose myself because I have a child? I mean, I've definitely had that fear. And where would I be if I never started songwriting or if I didn't reach out to those people and set up co-writes or if I didn't have the, the tenacity and the bravery to send emails to people and send them my music? And where would I be if I didn't have the courage to show up in co-writing sessions with people who I was intimidated by, but I did it anyway? And where would I be if I hadn't like started this podcast, right? Which also was scary. And I had thoughts in my head, like there's already a million other podcasters. What does it matter? Who's even going to care about what we have to say? Or I don't have a PhD and I never did a podcast before. It's like, where would I have been if I would have said yes to all of that fear? You know, we just bought a new house and I was standing in it the other day. It's only been a few days. And I'm like, oh my God, like this new house was built brick by brick on dreams and on courage and on my willingness to be be a mess and do it anyway and not be perfect and do it anyway. And then like I'm standing here and I'm like, wow, this is a really tangible result of going forward even when I'm totally terrified. You know, success is not about being perfect. It's about making something beautiful from something that we don't even have yet. It's about having the courage to trust that you're enough and you are so enough you don't even know how enough you are. It's really true. You don't. You don't see yourself the way your best friend sees you. You don't see yourself the way I see you. If I was sitting there right now looking you in the face, I just want to like shake you and show you what's inside of you. My job isn't to teach you something you don't know. My job is just to remind you of what's there and just pull it out of you and get you to just share that with the world. The world needs it and it's worth trudging through 
all of this and this whole forest and climbing up this mountain because there are people out there who'll be better off because you forged ahead because you'll be inspiring to them or you'll be sharing your your stuff with them whether it's making cookies or a book that you're going to write or jewelry you're going to create you've got to keep going and remember that like I know it's uncomfortable, okay? Nobody says it's always comfortable. Nobody says that going through labor is comfortable. But when you're in pain, but there's a purpose to it, you're not suffering. It's beautiful. It's gratifying. It's, it's riveting. There's purpose to this. There's purpose. And so I want to remind you, you can tolerate a lot more being uncomfortable than you might think. And, and believe me, deciding not to do anything about what you really want is way more uncomfortable. So... I like in the John Mayer song, this is that song, um, Say What You Need to Say. And he says, walking like a one-man army. And I was just thinking like, like each one of us, like like a one-man army, you walk towards what you want. And I promise that you're going to find that you are up for the task. And when things show up, you're going to be braver than you think. You're going to have the capacity that you don't even think that you have. So what are you going to attempt today? What are you going to do today? If you guys want to tell me your thoughts, email me. You can email me at hello at Don't Keep Your Day Job. You can come find me on Instagram at kathy.heller. You can show up on the Facebook page. I'm there every single week on Facebook. I do a Facebook Live. I'm communicating with you. I'm there to support you, answer your questions. I'm going to be there this week on Wednesday the 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Share with me. Tell me what you're thinking about. Tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me what I can help you with. I'm there every week to support you. So use it. Use the support. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is brought to you by Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in a couple's lives even happier. From engagement to wedding and decorating your first home, Zola has you covered. Zola registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, as well as things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, and wine subscriptions. There's over 500 brands and over 50,000 gifts and experiences. It's free, fun, and easy to use for both couples and their guests. Zola also has free shipping, group gifting, and a free suite of wedding planning tools, including a free wedding website where guests can seamlessly shop and get details on the registry in one convenient place. There's also tools for the host, such as a customizable checklist and guest list manager. Join 300,000 couples who have used Zola. I thought it was really cool. A friend of mine, Jessica, she used it. She thought it was amazing. It was so helpful. It got everything done in just one place. And when you're planning a wedding, like it just dials in a few things that just shouldn't have to be like hanging over your head. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, visit zola.com slash dreamjob. That's spelled zola.com slash dreamjob to sign up and get a $50 credit towards your registry. Thanks to Slack for supporting this podcast. Slack is a messaging app which brings all your team's communication together, giving everyone a shared workspace where conversations are organized and accessible. Slack connects the tools and services you need in one place so you can reduce emails and streamline your team's communication. Organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives all in one easy-to-use app. Slack also saves you time and improves productivity. No more searching through emails for that one follow-up or going through multiple systems to find what you're looking for. Plus, it's easy and convenient. You can drag and drop files sharing that works with all apps you already use like Salesforce and Zendex and Google Drive. Plus, you can tailor Slack to work with more than a thousand other apps. With mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. That's slack.com. I just wanted to give a shout out to a podcast that I'll be a guest on this week. Um, it's called The Other F Word. And of course, the F word they're referring to is failure. It's an amazing podcast where they're just talking about failure in a way that takes the shame out of it. I thought you guys would like it. I love sitting down with their hosts, Sarah Singer Schiff, Melissa Bronner Schneider, and Morgan Simpson. Just a great group of people. We had a really fun conversation and they're airing it this week as their next episode. Um, I'm their featured guest and you can hear my whole life story as well as like everything else that I thought was like interesting to share. 
there. I hope you guys find it helpful. I thought it was a really cool conversation. And uh, you can look for that this week on the other F Word podcast. Okay, so let me tell you about Christy Wright. Christy Wright is here today. She has a book out called Business Boutique. She has a podcast by the same name. She works with Dave Ramsey. He is a New York Times bestseller. Um, She is a certified business coach. You are gonna love what she has to say about how to build your business. And she has so much wisdom, so much insight, and so much passion and enthusiasm. She's been featured in Women's Day, Today Show, Inc. Magazine, Fox and Friends. Uh, She's here today, and I can't wait to like dive in and ask her some questions. I can't wait to talk to her because you guys are just gonna, you're gonna see exactly why I love her when we start the conversation. Thanks to Daily Harvest for supporting our podcast. We've all seen a mouth-watering healthy smoothie on Instagram or Pinterest and thought, that's the kind of thing I should be eating, but who has the time to make that every day? So wouldn't it be perfect if you could get those picture-perfect nutrients without having to hit the farmer's market and chop up a million fruits and vegetables, right? Now you can get all your superfoods super fast with Daily Harvest. I thought this was one of the best, best things I had ever had to come to my door. So I always want to eat like this. I'm always thinking like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have this like well-balanced life and I'm going to eat well and I'm going to feel great. And then it like never happens. And so here it was, all the most delicious things came prepared for me at my doorstep. All I had to do was add water and it was just amazing. My whole family loved it. Daily Harvest sends superfood eats straight to your door with your choice of smoothies, activated breakfast bowls, or nice cream vegan sundaes, as they call them. Each single serving cup comes ready to blend or heat. Cups are stored in the freezer so they're ready whenever you are. Their produce is organic and unrefined and looks as amazing as it tastes. You can actually see all the whole ingredients when you open the cup. Daily Harvest freezes all their ingredients at peak freshness, sealing in their nutritional value. Preparing each cup is insanely easy. Just add water or if you're feeling fancy, you can substitute other liquids like coconut or almond milk. Either way, your Daily Harvest cup is ready in just 30 seconds so you can eat right right now. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code dreamjob to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code dreamjob for three free daily harvest cups at daily-harvest.com, daily-harvest.com. Thanks to Third Love for supporting our podcast. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bra sizes in a double A through G and half cup sizes, Third Love. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better and feel great. Did you know that most old school bra brands only carry 15 sizes? Well, Third Love has 60 sizes, including half cups. Never heard of half cup sizes? Right. Well, that's because no one else does it. I thought it was really convenient. I just went to their website. I looked through a bunch of things. They gave me this little quiz that helped me figure out exactly what I wanted. I liked the t-shirt bras. I thought that that was like a great idea. I ordered one. It came right in the mail. Tried it on. I was like, this is great. It was like, just like you're not even wearing a bra. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. To find the bra you've been waiting for, all you have to do is answer a few simple questions from Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. It just takes 60 seconds and you can do it all from the comfort of home. So you'll never have that awkward fitting room experience ever again. Try a Third Love bra. It's so comfortable you might forget you're wearing it. And if you don't agree, returns and exchanges are always easy and free. This year, make the change that will change the way you think about bra. Go to thirdlove.com slash dreamjob now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dreamjob, thirdlove.com slash dreamjob. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled. Yeah, no, I've been reading your stuff, following you. I'm like, this woman is so in sync with this show. And I'm, I'm just so happy to have you here. Uh, I have so many things I want to ask you because you have so much knowledge and wisdom and you have such a big heart. And this is something you care so much about seeing people achieve their goals, especially women, but I'm sure you feel that way about everybody. Sure. But before we get into that, 
I just want to put it in context. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to be where you are in order that you're able to now help all these other people. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because I think that, you know, when you're going through different seasons in your life, or at least I'm like this, at the time, that season may not make any sense. And then in hindsight, (laughs) you know, years later, you're like, oh, I see how that was setting me up for this next thing. Or that chapter was, you know, writing the prequel for the next chapter, um, developing skills for something I'm going to do later, which of course at the time makes no sense at all. And later makes perfect sense. So um, my mom started a bakery when I was six months old to raise and support me. And so I grew up in her business as an only child and she was a single mom. So we were more like best friends, you know, or sisters than mother daughter. Yeah. But I had a front row seat, not only to business and to customers, crazy customers, nice customers, last minute customers, you know, (laughs) all that stuff. I had a front row seat to this incredibly strong woman persevering and following her dream and helping people and being a leader and making it work and problem solving. And, um, all of these qualities that she displayed for me, was the foundation for who I am now as a grown woman. So I tell people all the time, like I speak on stages and I say, you know, my mom didn't teach me passion or perseverance or persistence or integrity or values. She lived it right there in front of me. And so as a result, I live it as well. And so, so as early as my childhood being raised literally in the business, like she would take me down there at two in the morning when she was baking and she would put me back to sleep as a little elementary school kid, like on her flower bags. Like she'd make me a bed with comforters on the flower bags and I'd go back to sleep. And so uh, that was really kind of the the foundation there. But of course, as a eight year old in a cake shop, you're going, what's the point of like This is not my ideal childhood. (laughs) All of my friends are like, you know, going to soccer camps, like normal things and I'm making cakes. So, um, At the time, of course, it didn't make any sense, but it really did instill in me an early love of business. And both of my parents are actually entrepreneurs. And when I went to college, I pursued a business degree. And then as a 23-year-old, right out of college, I was working full-time in a nonprofit, which anybody listening that has worked in nonprofit knows, it is wonderful and can burn you out so quickly. So um, I was working crazy hours, 80, 90 hours a week. And um, I got this bright idea during this time to chase a different dream, which was to move to a farm. I'd always loved animals growing up, horses and so on. And there was this farm for rent, but I couldn't afford it. I couldn't even sort of afford it. It was three times the rent I was currently paying with roommates and I wasn't going to have roommates there. And so anyway, I went to the property and it was 40 acres in the middle of Bellevue on the outskirts of Nashville here in Tennessee And uh, as soon as I walked on the property, I saw that there was an 11 stall barn. And like I said, I'm entrepreneurial in nature. So I was like, oh, well, perfect. I'll just start a business boarding horses and that'll pay for my rent. So it was like, it just clicked (laughs) like a light bulb. Uh, But for me, that was my first side business. So again, there's a season of my life that at the time just feels like I'm just trying to pay my rent. But what was happening there was building a foundation for learning how to do business, starting my own side business uh, in order to supplement my income. And then meanwhile, I was leading a 200 person team at the YMCA as a, as a young director. And so as all these different pieces start to weave together, now I'm in a season of life where I'm working for Dave Ramsey, who's a nationally syndicated radio show host, multiple New York times bestselling author. And I'm one of his speakers and personalities. And I help women start side businesses and small businesses and grow their businesses out of something that they love to do. And uh, it's been very cool to see how I'm able to draw from my past experiences, my past passions and um, things I've learned along the way, but also my education. I became a certified business coach and that type of thing and pulling these together for this season to now 
speak to women. Uh, you know, my book is written for women. Our podcast speaks to women, just like we were talking about. Um, but it's not really just women. We're, we're in a side hustle generation where it's easier than ever before yeah. to start a business. And you could start a business tomorrow with nothing more than your ID and a Facebook page. And with that low risk, low cost, and it being so accessible, you have a lot of people that are getting into business because they're chasing their dream, which is awesome, men and women. But very quickly, the business side of things can be overwhelming. And you have questions like, well, what about taxes? And how do I sell without being pushy and all this stuff? And that's where I'm able to come alongside you and say, hey, you know, you just need what anyone needs in business, which is a little help. And so I help people with the business yeah. side of things so that they can make money doing what they love. So that's kind of a, a long answer, but it really is a culmination of seasons of my life that so have led great. to this season. Yeah, It's such like a colorful story. So many great anecdotes. I love the cake shop. I love the farm. I yeah, love yeah. all that. Lots it's of variety. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. And um, I love what you just said about how, you know, anyone can start a business tomorrow with a Facebook page and an idea. Right. Um, so let's talk about your book, Business boutique because I, there's so much in there that's a great foundation for this conversation. Yeah. So in this book, you help create sort of like a step-by-step -step plan to help people to grow their business. That is such an incredible thing because I feel like some people are going to listen to you and they're going to be like, she's so cute. She's so nice. And she's <laughs> she's probably right. Like I probably do have this idea and her mom did it. Her mom did it as a single mom. So great. Now, how do I do that? Right. So Give me some of that insight. What would I do today if I wanted to take Christy's advice and motivation and her pep talk? I want to go do something about it. What do I do? Well, here's what I've noticed a lot of people do is we get really excited about our idea. Let's say that we're in those early stages and we're dreaming and brainstorming and we right. believe it. And we're like, yeah, I could do this. Like we, we've got the belief. Sure. What we do next is we just start throwing stuff against the wall. And this is what all entrepreneurs do. It's what I've done. It, we just start making stuff up as we go and we fly by the seat of our pants. Right. We make up a name. We throw out prices. We put up a Facebook page. Like we're literally, this is what I call the experimenting phase where we're just putting stuff out there. But what happens is because we don't begin with the end in mind, we can very quickly end up crossing someone else's finish line. We just start making stuff up, but we're not sure if what we're making up is moving us in the direction of where we actually want to go or serving the people we actually want to serve. And so what I do is... I found uh, certainly in in my research in the years before I started before I launched Business Boutique and even in the last few years of coaching, is that it's not having too much to do that overwhelms us. It's mm -hmm. not knowing what to do. If you and I have a to do list of thirty things, we're like, great. I mean, I can do it. Like check, check, check. Like we can check yep. the boxes. We can do yep. the work. The people I work with, the people listening right now, they're willing to do the work. They're like, just show me what work to do. Show me what the steps are. And yeah, so that's so true. That's exactly why I wrote my book, Business to Boutique, because I wrote it cover to cover like a plan. Step one, step two, step three. If you do these things, if you follow this formula, you will win. And I think it reduces the overwhelm because you're seeing, okay, here's the plan laid out in front of me. If I take these steps, this is what I, this is the path I need. And it's no yeah, longer exactly. a wet finger in the air, make it up as you go. Th the truth is I love that approach. I'm very much like that, but we just make a lot more mistakes that way. And yeah. in the early stages of business, when maybe your belief in your business or your dream isn't as firm, isn't as solid, then those mistakes can really plant some seeds of doubt. And you're going, oh, maybe that's I'm not cut true. Out. Maybe yeah, I'm not that's cut out for business. Really maybe, this, maybe this idea was bad. I should have never done it. And if you have a plan and you follow these plans, then those errors don't throw you off track as much because you're going, oh, well, I'm just going to get back to the plan. Well, I'm just going to try yeah. again and do it differently. And you stay the course a little bit longer. So anyway, really, it's it's written as a plan in that way. And at the end of each chapter, 
there are action items. And by the end, by the time you finish the book, you have your plan for your business. But it's not like, I mean, this isn't the business school type of business plan. This is super practical of like, what are you going to offer? How much are you going to charge? Like, what's your dream for this business? Why do you want to do it? And so uh, it kind of takes the the good aspects of uh, business school business plans, but also the practical aspects of like what you're actually dealing with in your business. Yeah. So obviously we need to read the whole book and you just gave us a great like trailer, but let's just give people a little bit of a highlight reel, yeah. you know? So I don't know how many um, steps you break it into, but why don't you just tell us like three of them that you think oh, are sure. super important? Sure. Let's start with just one. Okay. okay. So let's say we're speaking to someone that has an idea and they're not sure how to make it a business. Okay. The first thing I want you to identify about your idea is yeah. the problem that you solve. Okay. So every business needs to solve a problem. That's why we yeah, go into great. business. It's right. because we want to serve people. We want to somehow help them lose weight or organize yep, their house or yep. have graphic design, you know, whatever. So you have your idea and you're thinking, I, I think I want to make hair bows or I want to do accounting. Okay. Well, I want you to identify the problem that you solve. And when you find this one piece of information, here's what's so great about this. You actually, the answer to that question gives you so many other answers that you need in your plan or in your marketing. So I'll give you an example. Let's say when you identify the problem that you solve, you now know who your target market is because right. your target market is the group of people that have that problem. Right. Okay. So now you've identified your target market. All right. Yep. When you identify the problem that you solve, you also now know your value proposition. This is the thing that you charge for. Okay, so now you know you have a basis for pricing. You have a basis let's, let's, for charging. Let's, let's use an example as we go through this so it could just become more like clear. Like let's say somebody wants to make pottery. Okay. okay. This person wants to make pottery. So what's the problem I solve? I might be like, it's just pretty. I know, solve and I problems. hear this all the time. I love that you said that because I hear this all the time and you think, well, I don't really solve a problem. We get very intimidated by the word problem, but there is a market of people that do not want to buy their home decorations or their dishes from Target or TJ Maxx or a box store. They want something unique. They take a lot of pride yeah. in the the dishes that they have or the decorations in their home that they have. In fact, when they bring friends over, they'll tell those stories like, hey, this piece of pottery is da 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 and they'll right, tell the story. Right. So that's a problem because yeah. they don't want to shop at the box store. So where are they going to get unique, handmade, custom nice. pieces for yeah. their home that have a story with them? Well you're going to make it okay. and and you're going to create that story through your branding, which that's more of a, a branding lesson, but, but you're taking the problem and you build that out into a story. I'll give you another example. I had one woman uh, in one of my coaching sessions and she creates uh, t-shirts and bags for that are like um, eco-friendly pro nice. animal adoption, yeah. pro nice. recycling, environmental, et cetera. And she said the same exact thing. She said, I don't solve a problem. I'm not the ones getting the animals off the street. I'm not right. the one taking the recycling to the bins, the recycling centers. Right. What do I do? I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, you have to think of the bigger story of your marketing. So the bigger, you know, we tell micro stories through our marketing of maybe a promotion has a certain story angle, but you have a bigger story of what you're doing, why you exist as a business. Right. And really in her example, there's a group of people that, and I know this because I have friends like this and I'm sure you do too. They're not just pro environment. They're pro environment and they want everyone else to be too. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so you're true. giving them a way to advertise their values and their beliefs through your t shirts and your yeah. bags. 
And so that's a problem and you're solving that problem. So, so we, I love that you brought that up because people do get intimidated by the word problem, but everything, if you have a problem that you solve, you have so much more information about your business. Oh my God. I love it. So good. So clear. So the second thing that you said, I just wanted to bring you back to it because it's so great. And I want you to finish the sentence. You said, so once you know the problem, then you can know the value proposition. Tell me what that means. So that's what you charge for. So a lot of times entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs, those are in a service-based business, especially service-based business and creative, you're, it feels very personal, right? You're charging for your art. You're charging for your skills, for your time in the service-based business. Yeah. So we get all squirmy yeah. and real weird. But when you identify your problem that you're solving, you now know your value proposition. So what I mean by that is this is your case for charging and not just for your customer, for you for you to feel good about charging. And so a lot of times uh, the mistake that entrepreneurs make, and I won't get too deep into this right now because uh, it's kind of a rabbit trail, but one of the mistakes we make when we go into business is we think, what is the cost of me performing this service or creating this product? And let me just mark it up from there. And what happens, or we ask ourselves, especially in the service-based business, what do I want to make per hour? If you are in the service-based business and you ask yourself, because you're really charging for your time, you don't have any hard costs here, and and you ask yourself, what do I want to make per hour? What you're going to come up with as an answer is the lowest bare bones minimum amount you're willing to work for per hour. However, if you ask yourself a different question, instead of what am I willing to work for per hour, $20 an hour, $30 an hour, whatever that low number is, if you ask yourself a different question, what is the value of the service I'm providing worth. What is the value of the service I'm providing worth? Okay, let's say that you have someone that does family counseling. Well, what's the value of mended relationships? Yeah, Families infinite. that are reconciled. Yeah, what's the incredible. value of that? I guarantee you, you're going to come up with a much higher number yep. than your bare bones minimum you were willing to work for per hour. And so what you do is you you identify the problem that you are solving through your business, whether it's hair bows or counseling or fitness or accounting or whatever it is, identify the problem you're solving. That then gives you the value proposition of because you are solving that problem for this market, you will charge for it. And it also helps you understand as you dig into the value, the level of the problem, the urgency of the problem, uh, then, then you now know how much you should charge. And there's a, obviously a layer of this that's very supply and demand. Yeah. But if you don't have a problem you're solving through your business or you can't identify it, because I'd be willing to bet you do, you just have to identify it. If you don't have one, you do not have a business. You cannot charge. So yeah. the more urgent the problem you solve, the bigger the problem you solve, all these things as you unpack this, you now know your value proposition. You know what you're charging for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I would say like if to your to your original question of where do you start, um, you don't have to start with the full plan. You don't have to start with the, the, the book, the plan, a business plan on Google. It doesn't matter. You just start by identifying what problem do I solve? Because the moment you know that, you now know your value proposition, which leads to you uh, finding your pricing. You also know the market that you're serving. And you begin to even start to build out some of your marketing language because you know the problem you're solving. That's what your marketing language is going to refer to. Do you want to watch the solar eclipse this year? We have some glasses that can help you do that. Like, there you go. Like it's, you're just speaking about the problem you solve through your marketing. So it just gives you so many other pieces that are foundational to your business when you identify that one thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. I feel like there's so many different ways people can go with that, right? Like somebody could start an Etsy shop. Someone could start to put stuff online. Somebody could open a brick and mortar cake shop like your mom did. Do you have an opinion about it one way or the other? Like, do you feel like it's better to go sort of in like the more global virtual space? Or do you feel like there's still like a great way to make business out of something that's brick and mortar or, you know, um, opening your own yoga studio? Like, what are your thoughts about that? Sure. I love this question. It's funny. I actually just, um, was recording a webinar a minute ago and I got the same exact question. The, the woman oh, said, I want to, I want to set goals for my business. Cause that's what the webinar was about. Yeah. And she said, but I'm not sure what goals to start. And that's a really, it's such a great question. And I will say that for me, the best exercise I would advise your listeners to do is to think about your life in three years or five years and then back out of that. So, so where do you want to be in three years or five years? And then once you kind of visualize that, well, I want to be working here these hours. I want to be, yeah. you know, this is what I kind of want it to look like. Then what happens is you begin to ask yourself the question, what has to be true today to begin to move me in that direction? Mm-hmm. And, and the reason this helps is, let's say, for example, that you are considering, do I want to keep my business, an online business and grow the platform there? Or do I want to open a retail storefront? Okay, so that would be a common thing to ask yourself, like, should I move to a retail store? Mm -hmm. Was you begin to visualize your life in three years, and you then build out what that would look like in both scenarios. Well, an online business traditionally is number one, much more profitable. Number two, you don't have hours to keep in the same way that you have hours to keep things stocked. You don't have to inventory the presentation, the maintenance costs. You don't have to get out of your pajamas if you don't want to. So I'm not saying that's right for everyone by any means. Some people are like, yes, I want to interact with customers. I want the presence on the, you know, town square, whatever the thing is. But when you ask yourself, okay, do I want to be responsible for my business being open, the doors open nine to five, seven days a week. If someone calls out sick, my butt's getting out of bed and going right, in to ring right. up the cash register. You know, you start to visualize your life. Okay, what's the reality of that? And then if that's what you want, that's great. And if not, then you can begin to set goals today that move you in the direction you do want to be in. Yeah. And, and that's my, honestly, that's my big thing, Kathy. Like I want people to chase their version of success. And it's very easy to listen to experts out there that say, here's how you do it this way. Right, here's what true. winning looks like. Winning yeah, looks true. like this many team members, this many storefronts, this many locations, this much revenue. You know, I would argue that a woman that is, you know, running a side business from home and her goal is to pay for soccer camp this year and she pays for soccer camp this year is incredibly successful. There's not one right way to do it. I just want you to figure out what your life, what you want it to look like in three years and chase that. It's a really important point because we have to define our terms. What does success mean to you? And you shouldn't have to live somebody else's version of that and then think of yourself as a failure. Like I'm always meeting up with people and I'm like, you're such an amazing, you know, whatever it is, you could open that. You could do this full time. You could be speaking around the world. They're like, I don't want to. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) So then forget it. You know, it's like good ideas for you. You should write them down. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, I have a friend who's a great dancer and I'm like, oh my gosh, you could be on So You Think You Could Dance. You could be creating different like trainings and do what somebody did with music together you could be teaching all over the world and have other instructors she's like yeah i'm not interested i'm like great you know like everybody has a different version of success um one of the things i wanted to ask you that you hinted at earlier and we just didn't go down that path because you had so many other good things to share you talked for a second you're like well that gets into like branding and storytelling but you 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 have a blog and you've written about this before let's talk about branding for a second you know i think that it's really important for people to 
to really have have a sense of what works, what doesn't work. So you talked about the three C's that all great brands have. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Sure. Well, it's interesting because even uh, from when I wrote that, the branding in our in the business world is changing so much right now. Whereas the yeah. the lines, for example, between a personal brand and a business brand are getting completely blurred. There is no longer separation between the business owner as a brand and then the business as a brand. Um, right. And so that's the reason you're seeing businesses crumble because the owner did something stupid or um, a business owner that's super compelling and charismatic can, uh, you know, make a business take off because people take to that person. That's true. It's a good point. Yeah. So, so let's talk about a few things that great brands have. Um, number one, they need to be clear. Um, and so brands, a lot of times, uh, Donald Miller talks about this, but they try to be cute and they try to be catchy and they come up with all these catchy taglines and no sure. one knows what they do. Right. And Donald Miller, who's the author of Story Brand, and he's a friend of mine. He's actually going to be speaking at all of our business boutique one day events this spring with me. He's just he's brilliant and he's a friend. And he explains stuff in a way that is so simple to understand. But he said that and research backs this up. People do not buy the best products and services. So I want your listeners to get this really. This is so important. Yeah. People do not buy the best products and services. They buy the products and services they understand the fastest. Interesting. So if someone goes to your website and they cannot figure out what you do, they're going to leave and they're going to buy something they do understand. He talks a story about um, consulting with one of his businesses he works with. And they're like, would you just look at our website and tell us like, you know, if we can be better, like what we can do. He's like, okay, sure. So he goes to their website and it says like integrity, honesty, excellence. And he's like, what do you, what do you guys do? Right, what do you sell? <laughs> They're like, well, we sell used cars. He's like, you should say oh, that. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. You should, you should probably say that. <laughs> right. So, right. It's so funny because in, in branding, and the reason I bring this up is because in branding, we just try to be so cute and we try to be so catchy and clever yeah. and right. we just try to be so different. And really, you're losing customers because you're trying to be cute and clever. Yeah. So Instead, true. just be clear. Be like, clear. And we were big on this even when we were starting the business boutique. Like we wanted to be clear who we are for and what we do. Equipping women to make money doing what they love. Right. That's exactly exactly what we do. And so if you can be clear in your branding and all of your messaging, if your website can be clear, if your images can be clear, if your presentation is clear, if your colors and fonts, if everything is very clear, what you're doing is you are saving your customers mental energy, uh, the energy of trying to figure out and discern what you do, navigate your website, you're saving them time. So what a gift, what a gift if your website could be so clear that your customer comes to it and within three seconds, they know what you do and where to buy. That's so true. That's so, that's really simple. So let's say someone's listening right now and they're like, yes, I get it. I'm going to solve a problem. I'm going to figure out how to make it clear to people. I'm going to know my target market. Wait a minute. There's already 15,000 people doing what I want to do. Wah, wah. Why bother? How do you, how do you explain question. that to someone that they should still get in the race? Why I do love you, this question so much. I actually um, experienced this a couple years ago. I had been working on a project that was out of a problem. My uh, customers had asked for, I'd worked on it for several weeks, had my copy editors uh, edit it. I had designers design it. And a week before I launched it, it was just like a, a ebook download. Uh, a week before I um, launched it, a very, very successful, like lots of millions of followers, author that I respect, admire, and follow, uh, 
launched an almost identical product or oh almost God. identical download. I mean, it was literally categorized the same way, same title, completely coincidental. Like I had Crazy. not copied her. She hadn't copied me and so on. But everything in me thought that. It thought, well, what's the point now, right? Like I should just give up. What's the point now? But I felt God tell me there's room for you too in the marketplace. And, and what I've been working through, even in, in my coaching with people is I remind people, and this is true for all your listeners, believers or not, that there, no one in the whole world has what you have. They don't have your unique style, perspective, experience. They don't have your unique gifts and talents and uh, approach or strategy that you bring to business in the marketplace. And so no one can do what you can do like you can do it. And there are a million business coaches out there. But I believe there's a group of people that only I can help in the way that I can help them. And I I would say that's true for every single one of your listeners. And, you know, I got asked this question on book tour. My book came out a year ago and we did signings um, for like two weeks at like Barnes and Noble and stuff. And so we'd have like a hundred people and we do a little Q and a after the signing. And I got asked this at every signing. And here's what I said, which I think this visual is powerful being in a bookstore. I said, look around. There are hundreds of thousands of books in this bookstore. That's true. And yet you're standing here holding mine. And I don't believe it's because it's the best book in the world and every it's for every single person everywhere. But I do believe that there's a group of people that this book is for. And I wrote this for those people. And this can help those people in a way that no other book in this room can. And the same is true for you. There's a group of people that only you can help in the way that you can help them. So if you don't step into your calling, step into your gifts, step into the marketplace, there are people that are missing out. Yeah. Because That's you're not so doing powerful. it. And, and I know there are other people maybe doing something similar, but I personally believe that that does not take away from what God wants to do through you. And so it's a, you know, I think that God has a plan for the dream that he gave your listeners. And it's a plan and a dream that the world needs them to step into. But I love that question because that fear creeps up in all of us. But then those words come back to me, even for me, when I start to do something that other people are doing, I'm like, nope, there's room for you too. There's room for you in the marketplace. That's, right. That's absolutely right. And I agree with everything you just said and how you said it. So I have a lot of people say to me, the next question is, well, that's easy for you to say, and maybe you're right. Okay, so let's say you're right. But what if I don't think that I'm good enough at it? Like, what if I don't have yet what it takes? What if I need to, you know, get another degree? What if I need 17 more years of thinking about this before I should even right. begin? Because I'm not, I'm not good at it. I'm not right. great. Like, you, you know, I, I don't understand this myself because I just always had that naivete to just kind of like put something out there and I was willing to make a fool of myself and like learn from it and then keep going. But I've watched so many people around me suffer and I feel like so much good stuff never sees the light of day because people second guess themselves and don't think they're enough. What do you say to those people? Well, I would say a couple of things. Number one, um, it's okay if you don't have 100% confidence before you do this thing. I would say that's normal. In fact, there was a whole, I wrote a whole chapter in my book on fear, which I had to kind of, just so you know, behind the scenes, like I kind of kind of like fight for that. Cause we're like fear. I mean, come on. I'm like, no, this is a real thing. Um, and oh, it tr- is real. I think it's the biggest it, deterrent of everything. That's right. <laughs> and so I was like, if we don't cover this, then we're missing the root of the problem for most of them. Yeah. It's, they say, I don't have this. I don't have that. It's all excuses. The root is fear. So, so I would say that if you're not hundred percent confident in being able to do something you've never done before, I'd say that's really normal but it doesn't have to keep you from doing it. I tell people all the time, don't wait until you're not scared to do the thing you want to do. Do it scared. But what will happen then is this, as you do the thing, 
whether that's walk on a stage as a public speaker, launch the product, post the blog, record the video, whatever that is for you that feels so scary and vulnerable and you're going, I don't know if I'm good enough. As you do it, the fear lessens and, and through reps, you gain more confidence. And then the second time you walk on a stage and the second time you record a video, you're not even close to as scared because in your mind you're going, well, I've done it. I've done it once. I survived. I can do it again because yeah. often, I don't know about you, for, but for me, that fear always torments you with the terrifying possibilities of what's going to happen. Like if you do yeah. this, if you do this, people are going to think X, Y, Z. If you do this, you'll fail. Well, once you've done it, fear can't torment you with the terrifying possibilities of what's going to happen if you do it because you did it and you That's survived. Right. That's right. When you try something new, that fear will creep up again because again, you've never done that thing, but that's okay. You do it scared once. And then that confidence will grow as you have more reps under your belt. And so when someone's, um, you know, wanting to, to start their business or launch the product or put that out there, my best advice is, you know, there is no such thing as ready. Ready is a myth. You go for it, ready or not. And, and if you fall down, fine, pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, get back on the horse and do the thing again. But yeah, you just right. do it scared. But over years of doing it scared, what's so cool is I've, I've noticed that in my life, confidence is a muscle. And if you never exercise it, that muscle is weak. Of course it is. But the more you exercise it, the more reps that you get, the more wins that you get, the more comments you get where people are like, this really helped me. You're like, oh, I helped someone. I'm doing it. I yeah. am doing it scared. This does matter. This can help. I do have something to offer. As that grows, your confidence becomes incredibly authentic. So I tell people, don't fake it until you make it. Fake it until you feel it. And over time, eventually that confidence will be real. You will feel confident. Now when I walk on stages, I'm genuinely excited to be there. But the first time I did, I was shaking in my stilettos. Like I was like, I'm so excited to be here. But I just faked yeah, it. Yeah, of course. faked it. And over time, that confidence becomes authentic. Yeah, I think that that's awesome. And I think that you're right. Like start when you're ready is a myth. And I also agree with you that you do gain confidence as you go. And that's really helpful. That's everything. So I think that there are people who might be like, all right, okay, I'm on board. This sister's preaching to me. I'm getting it. I'm <laughs> feeling it. But then they might ask themselves like, all right, what if I do all this stuff? You know, I start before I'm ready. I come up with my target market. I understand what problem I'm solving. I start putting things out there. How are customers going to find me? How am I going to stand out? How's, how's this actually going to turn into dollar one? I love that. And honestly, the, the getting started part can be the hardest part because it may be not as quick as you hope it's going to be. Right. We have this idea that the most successful businesses and most successful business owners are people that went to Harvard Business School, that yeah. are really, really smart, that had a lot of money in their family and all yep. these things that we don't have to justify right. the fact that we won't have those results because we don't have that That's formula. Right. But that is not true. The yep. most successful people in business have certain character qualities like they're scrappy, they're go-getters. They're hard workers. They are persistent to a fault. They don't take no for an answer. They fail over and over again, and they don't That's care because right. they're going to try again. Yeah, It's that um, drive that really ultimately leads to you being successful. So when it comes to getting that first dollar, you just do what you can with what you have. Do you have 50 Facebook friends? Start there. Ask them to yep. share your page. Ask them to tell your story. Do you have a church? Tell your community group. Put it on Starbucks uh, forums. Put it on, you know, I got all my clients for my horse boarding business on Craigslist. Because why? There's a lot of livestock transactions that happen on Craigslist. I was like, mm. that's where my target market is. I put a post, horse boarding, blah, blah, blah. So just get scrappy and creative. One of the things that will help you though is instead of doing 
generic shotgun approach to your marketing where you just try to talk to everyone everywhere, the best thing you can do is to go back to what I said a minute ago, which is finding your ideal customer, finding your target market. Um, Your target market, for example, would be the group of people that have the problem you're solving. And to narrow that down even further, Mm. think of your ideal customer, like dream them up the most perfect person in the world. The most perfect person in the world for my business is, well, she's 35. She has two kids. She makes this much money. She loves my product because of this. She doesn't want to spend this much, but it solves her problem. Build up. So you really know who you're talking to. So you're really specific and you're not trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. When you try to speak to everyone everywhere, you speak to no one well, but instead if you become very targeted and very clear in your messaging for your target market, I'm talking to this woman. and all the women like her, then what happens is she feels like, oh, she gets me. This business is for me. And then then what helps too is once you identify your target market or your your ideal customer persona, once you know some qualities about her um, and and build this out, like, like you can't identify too many things about her, how much all the demographic information from age, kids, family, income, and so on, but also psychographic. What are her fears? What are her motivations? What gets her up in the morning? What Like I can tell you anything you want to know about our business boutique audience. Like I know what they struggle with. I know what makes them happy. I know their fears. I know why, why they do this, what drives them. And when you, when you understand them in that way, then you can target your marketing to them, but you can also go to where they are. Right. So where, so, where is yeah, your audience so hanging out? Yeah. So, important. you know, is your audience moms go to mops groups, go to kids libraries during story time, go to go to where they are. So you don't have to just put out a generic post on Facebook and hope people find you in the early stage to get that kickstart, that jumpstart, get some momentum, identify who is your ideal customer, who's your target market and go to where they are. And and you can reach them there as you're kind of getting out, getting off, off the ground. Yeah. That's really smart. I feel like the, the biggest question I I hear after, after people talk about their limiting self-doubt and all that stuff people go right to this next thing, which is their lack of resources. And you hinted at it before a minute ago when you're like, some people think that you have to have money in your family or Harvard degree. But people will be like, I don't have the time and I definitely don't have the money to start a business. And I will sit on that excuse for the next 40 years and I will allow that to rob me of my own responsibility, which would then turn into empowering me to go for what I want. I'm curious what you say. If somebody says to you, I don't have the resources, I don't have the money to start a business, period, end of sentence, goodbye. What are you going to say to them? Okay, so I love this question. Um, Let's talk about the time. When people say, I don't have the time, that is not true you have 24 hours in a day. What you're saying is it's not a priority. Okay, that's fine. If it's not, yeah, totally right. fine. But just own it because you do have own time. it. You have the same <laughs> time that everybody has. You're just saying that's not important to me. It's not more important than all the other things I do. And 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 I will, I have a life balance talk that I give. Yeah. And I have this uh, kind of a section where I really talk about technology. So I want to do a quick challenge, little, uh, you know, shoot your listeners straight for a second. The average American... Uh, checks their phone 150 times a day and watches oh three gosh. to five hours of TV per day. Oh my so God. my argument is we don't have a time problem. We have a priority problem. Yeah. And, and when I ask people to write down your values, like what's most important to you, they put time with kids, traveling, reading, hobby, you know, church, faith, what all these things. Right, and I was right. like, you know what's so weird? Cause I'll ask them to shout it out. I'm like, you know what's, <laughs> you know so, what's crazy? so weird? <laughs> Is is when I do this exercise, no one ever says scrolling cat <laughs> pictures on Facebook. 
Like, it's the weirdest thing. However, <laughs> that's where we tend to spend our time. So there's a little bit of a challenge there of being realistic and owning how you currently spend your time. Right. And if you want to start a business and if you want to reach any kind of goal, any goal in your life, you need two things to reach it. You need to want it bad enough and you need to be willing to work hard enough. And if you don't want it bad enough or you're not willing to work hard enough, you're not going to reach that goal. So that's totally fine. You're like, you know what? I don't want it. Like, for example, in my case, uh, I don't want it bad enough to read 30 books in a year. Like, I, I don't want it bad enough. I'm not willing to dedicate the time, but I'll try to read a couple, you know. Um, so being honest with ourselves about the time that we have and how we spend it and how bad we want it is one yeah. element of that. Um because it does take some hustle. If you work a full-time job, it takes after-hours hustle. It takes weekend hustle. It takes right. giving up, scrolling Facebook or whatever your time's currently spent yeah. on. The resources side is a different piece for me because I think that what has become kind of cool and trendy in the uh, startup world uh, and with the accessibility of starting new businesses is we think in terms of leaps, not steps. So we think in terms of, I've got to get investors, venture capitalists. I've got to have a ton of equipment. Oh I've got God. to quote oh unquote launch this business. Like it's this big giant thing. Right. And I'm going, if you have a big dream, I think that's awesome. Now let's back out of that big dream. And what is the 1.0 version of it? What's the right. baby step exactly. version of this? Yeah, exactly. And I want you to validate your idea and prove that you have a market and learn a little bit about your audience at this level where the mistakes are smaller, right. the cost is lower. And then we're going to baby step our way into that big dream and allow the business to fund itself. The example yeah. I always give is Dave Ramsey started his business on a card table in his living room. It now wow. is a hundred million dollar business and has 600 team members. My Not mom bad. started in a front showcase window of a candy store. The oh. iPhone started with 1.0 version. Now we're on the iPhone 10 X, whatever right. it is, but you have to start at the 1.0 level. So I actually, um, we did a, a thing with News Fox 17 a couple nights ago, and um, a man came up to me afterwards. He said, I have this big dream, and I want I, I see this property. I want to get like 40 acres and have a house uh, or a big event space for um, doing events for, for like uh, nonprofits, for them to come and like have yeah, camps yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And he was like, I just, we don't have the money to buy this land and to build this building yet. <laughs> You're like, you don't? And I was, like, I was like, good, because that's going <laughs> to keep you from losing it. Um, so I said, I said, I love that. I said, I love that, that you have this dream. I said, here's what I want you to do. That's the dream for the future. Let's back out of that. Can you find some type of warehouse or retail space or space that you can sublease and you can validate your idea on a very small scale first yeah. and let it prove it? Because here's what we, as entrepreneurs, we think we know everything the market needs and you probably know 50% of what the market needs. That's your hunch. Right. That's your entrepreneurial spirit of I'm going to solve this problem. Yep. But you have to put that out there yep. and allow the market to speak to you and iterate and tell you what they want more and less of. Like I guarantee yep. you the business boutique is way different today than it was when we started two years ago because we listened to our customer more That's of right. this, less of this. Right. But you don't know until you put it out there. And, yeah. and you're never going to get it perfect until you put it out there. The market knows what's what That's they right. want more of. And you're yeah. really, you're never done. I mean, you can be in business 30 years. You're still iterating because right. the market's no, changing sure. and their needs are changing. So for all sure. that to say is the resource side of things. I would say think in terms of steps, not leaps. What's the lowest hanging fruit, the quickest win, the 1.0 version of your dream that you could launch today with low risk and low cost yeah. and test your idea and get a little momentum and prove that this can work before you go buy the yeah. 40 acres and build the event space. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's really solid advice. So I recently, just in my own like old age, I'm 38, but I feel like I got this like epiphany, which was 
it's not just hustle, it's also alignment. Like I realized, I look back at my life and I was like, oh, certain things I did really were successful and certain things I did just failed. Mm-hmm. And Chris Gillibo said, I just mentioned him, I mentioned him again because I thought it was so so helpful. He goes, there's a power sometimes in giving up the stuff that's not working, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't give up on, and this is now my words, but I said to a friend of mine the other day, like don't give up on getting home to who you're supposed to be and aligning with who you are. But along the way, you've got to figure out what that is. And so I see a lot of people sometimes and it breaks my heart because they're like, I'm trying, I'm hustling and nothing's happening. And I'm like, I don't think you have the self-awareness. Like that might not be what you're supposed to be doing. Are those your natural skills? Are you getting the feedback that the world wants you to be a hairstylist? Maybe you're not supposed to be a hairstylist. Maybe you're supposed to be gardening or maybe you're supposed to be teaching and you just haven't done that yet. But maybe you're just like barking up the wrong tree. How do people self-assess so that we don't just go like a million miles an hour in the wrong direction? How do you self-assess so that you're in alignment and you're doing the thing that God put you here to do? You're serving what you're supposed to serve. You're, you're contributing the thing that you're supposed to contribute instead of, well, everyone else is building apps. I'm going to build an app too. It's like, that's not your role. That wasn't right. what you were supposed to do. That's somebody else's job. Right. No, and I love this question because, you know, if you grow up in any type of leadership, then you're probably really familiar with uh, personality assessments, strengths assessments yeah, and that type right. of thing. But I think we take it for granted because everyone doesn't like everyone doesn't grow up with, with that exposure. And that's true. And, yeah. and to identify what your unique strengths are is a huge asset for you learning what you should be doing. So even if you are doing a business that is um, partly in your strengths, there's of course always going to be things you have to do that are not in your strengths. So learning to identify what you're good at, and what you're not is critical to your success because yeah. as long as you stay in your strengths, you're going to have more energy, have more fun, and be more successful. When you try to do all the things or to your point, do things you're not good at, then you're going to have no fun, not much energy, and not be very successful. And so this is a really, really important point. And I tell women all the time to identify what you're good at and do more of that. Like that's really kind of the the very right. simple answer to yeah. reducing stress. Do more of yeah. what you love, less of what you don't. Like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of that simple. So um if if your listeners have never taken a personality test, I want to give them uh five E questions. Okay. These oh, are five cool. E questions that cool. I developed uh that kind of help you identify what your strengths are. So we'll go through those really quickly. The first E question what is effortless for you? What just comes easy to you? Now, we'll give you a quick caveat to this that it's very easy to undervalue these. Because it's effortless for you, you assume it's effortless for everyone else too. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. everyone can organize. Everyone can design. Everyone knows that this is the answer to XYZ. Everyone no. knows that this yeah. is how you start a business. Just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for someone else. And in fact, what's obvious to you can be very, uh, you know, earth shattering, mind blowing to someone else. And so first identify what's effortless for you, but then also no, don't undervalue this just because it's effortless for you doesn't mean it's easy for everyone else. The second question would be what gives you energy? Now, when we're in our strengths, it actually gives you energy. It doesn't mean you don't get tired, but it's that good kind of tired, the kind of tired where you can't wait to wake up and do it all again. So I'll give you an example. I could be on stage speaking all day for three days straight, and I'm like fired up. You ask me to do one Excel spreadsheet with some data. For five minutes and I need a nap. Like, yep. <laughs> like yep. I'm not a detailed person. No. That wears me out. So yep. what 
what gives you energy? Like what actually makes you energized? It's a good insight into a strength. Um, the third question is, what do you enjoy? Now, I don't know about you, but typically I don't like doing things I'm not good at. Yep. I'm not good at details. I'm not good at softball. I'm oh not good God. at uh, a lot of things. And so I don't like doing those things. We don't like to do things that highlight things we're bad at. Yep. So if you really enjoy something, aside from those few disillusioned American Idol contestants, you're probably <laughs> good at it. Like if you like it, it's probably because you're good at it, right? right? So what do you enjoy? Uh, the fourth one is what do others encourage in you, encourage in you. So sometimes identifying our strengths comes through the gift of other people's compliments. What do people always say to you? Man, yeah. you're so good at that. Yeah. Wow. You're so talented, man. You're such a natural. Yeah. Sometimes they can see something in us that we can't. That's so true. what do others encourage? And then the fifth one is where do you excel in relation to others. And I think a lot of times creatives are bad about this. Women are bad about this, but we get all squirmy. We're like, Oh, I'm not good at anything. Humble humility. I'm just, I'm, I'm excelling at humility. No, like, come on. Like if God made you good at something, (laughs) own it. You're not doing anyone any favors by dismissing or downplaying your strengths. So if God made you good at something, own it. And more than that, step into it because the world needs what you have to offer. So those are your five E questions. What is effortless? for you? What gives you energy? What do you enjoy? What do others encourage in you? And where do you excel? Those are going to give you great insight into strengths. And the more time you spend in your strengths, whatever business or industry you're stepping into, the more successful you'll be, the more fun you'll have, the more energy you'll have, and the more that you will enjoy it for the long haul. That's really helpful. I know so many people and I, I always get so saddened by this, but I know that there are a few people who are going to listen to what you just said, this whole interview, and they're going to say, "Mm, she doesn't have it right about me. I don't have any skills. I don't have any talent. And everything she just said about how, like, I have something to contribute. And I don't don't know what she's talking about. Like, that might be true about these other people, but she didn't meet me. And how do you convince those people? How do you even begin to, to help them see that they have so much worth, that they are so significant when they've convinced themselves that that's not true. Yeah, you know, the tricky thing with that is if if someone is listening and genuinely, to your point, that's that's the takeaway. That is a lie that's buried layers deep. That's not like, oh, I'm having a bad hair day (laughs) or, oh, I had a customer be mean to me, so I'm feeling a little down about myself. If someone genuinely believes that they have nothing to offer. That is, in my opinion, I don't know if I can say this on your podcast, but a lie from the pit of hell. And I don't know where that lie was planted, but it is a lie. And the only way to combat a lie is with the truth. And and I personally believe that God made all of us unique and God does not make mistakes. And he has people he wants to bless through you in every unique attribute, things that you don't even know that you can do and you have, God can use. And, you know, I'll give you a great example. There may be someone listening that's going, well, I've never done anything like that before. I don't think I have any strengths because I've never used strengths to your point. Like I don't have any proof. So let's say it's someone yeah. like that. Like I've never yeah. done anything in my strengths. So how can you say I have some? I've never done anything. I, I'll give you a story. You know, I love stories. And so uh, Kathy, I was <laughs> on, a, <laughs> I was on uh, the playground. This was a few months ago with my son, Carter. He's two. And we're just playing, messing around. There's this other mom and son on the playground. Her son's maybe like six. And he goes on the monkey bars, okay? So you know the monkey bars where you swing oh, yeah. arm over arm. It's hard. Like you got yeah, you got really have some hard. Upper, upper body strength to do this. Yeah. So he starts at one end. 
and he grabs on with one arm and then he swings and grabs his next arm and str- swings and grabs the next bar and over and over and over arm over arm this little 6 or 7 year old arm over arm to the very end and then he gets a big swing to get some momentum and r- swings off jumps and lands like an olympian and throws his arms in the air and she <laughs> looks at him and she said i didn't know you could do that and he said i didn't either and that's how you know what you can do you just do it if you're waiting for proof that you can do something before you even try, you'll never have it. Yeah. You learn by doing. You learn whether it's in parenting, in business, in life, you learn the most by doing. So get out there and get moving. Get on the monkey bars and try arm over arm. You may have strengths that you didn't even know you had. And I'll tell you, um, Kathy, that's true for me. I never in my life had a dream to be a speaker. I never had a dream to be a writer. I didn't even know I had these skills to be a business coach. It was through problems coming up that I just stepped in and said, I'm going to try to solve that. Or an audience that said, we need a speaker. And I said, "I'll, I'll try to speak at that thing. And there's a great quote. I don't know who said it, but it said, I didn't know that I was a bell until someone picked me up and rang me. And you may have people listening right now that are bells. They've just never had someone pick them up and ring them, but it doesn't mean they're not a bell. It doesn't mean they don't have a ring. You just have to have an opportunity to highlight those strengths. So you then have proof to say, wow, I didn't even know I could do that. And that's where I I didn't either. Yeah, I love that. So all of this is so compelling. And one thing that we haven't done necessarily is painted a picture of what it can be like. And so I wanted to know if you could like share with us a few success stories. I mean, you've shared with us your own story, which has been fantastic, but like people could easily go like, well, she's amazing. And if you Googled her, she's also gorgeous. So like, I don't really want (laughs) to bank on her success story because she's unusually amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But outside of outside of your own success, and we talked a little about your mom, can you paint the picture What is possible if we were to listen to what you're saying, if we were to put some action behind this, if we were to read the book, create the sort of like ideas and go for it? What's possible for our listeners? What could be possible in their life? Give us an example. Paint the picture for me. What's possible? Yeah, you know, I think what's so cool to see is of the success stories that we get, you know, quote unquote success stories, uh, there's such unbelievable variety in them. So like I said, everyone's version of success is different. But I'll tell you that the common denominator that I have seen in all the stories, and we know this from experience, is that Kathy, it's not just business. It is personal. And when you go into a business, whether it's a service-based business, creative business, product-based business, whatever, um, it's your heart and it's your baby. And that's the reason you have fear and it feels vulnerable to put yourself out there. But the reality is, is when you step into that, it's incredible to see the transformation that happens in the women I'm working with is not just in their bottom line. It's in their identity. It's in their their sense of self-worth. They hold their head higher. They put their shoulders yeah. back. And of course they have, I mean, we, we can talk all day about the practical stuff, right? like you have more flexibility. You can be at the soccer games. You can work from home. You can, you know, you call the shots. You build your business around your life versus the other way around. Like all those things I think are the, the obvious benefits of going into business for yourself. But what really touches me is the hope and dignity and sense of self-worth and, and value that these women feel and experience and and men too. Certainly I just use women as an example because that's who I work with as much more, but that happens as they step into their strengths and the marketplace validates their idea through paying them 
Rabbi Daniel Lappin says the marketplace will give you certificates of, pre- of appreciation with president's faces on them. They give you money when you help them, when you meet their needs and you take care of God's people and you serve them well through the through marketplace service. And I think just watching that, I'll give you um, one last example. When I was on book tour, um, I was at a, a television studio doing a news segment and the producer was walking me out afterwards and I handed her one of my books just saying, hey, thanks so much for having us. And I signed it. And she was looking down and you could tell she just didn't like her job, just kind of going through the motions, oh, no. just kind of discouraged. Yeah. And, um, and I handed her the book and I was like, here you go. You know, thanks so much for having us. And she said, thanks so much. This will help me. And she had her head down. And then she looked up and, and her eyes opened real wide. And she said, you know, I've got this idea. Ooh, There's this little yeah. shop right beside my house. And I've just dreamed of opening a boutique there. And maybe someday I could. And Kathy, I've got chills right now as I tell you this. Everything in her face changed. Everything in her posture and her spirit changed. And you saw hope in her eyes. And I thought, that is what we're doing. Yes, you'll make money. Yes, you'll have more flexibility. Yes, you can work from home and be in your pajamas with crazy hair if you want to. But oh, the identity and the dignity and the hope that is created when you get to spend your one life doing what you love. There's nothing like it. Oh, my God. That's that. That is it. That is it. And that's why I say this show is not about don't keep your day job and find another job. It's about go do your life's work, find that sense of purpose. I feel like purpose is the opposite of depression. I feel like we're all looking, we're hungry Mm. for everything that you just said. I'm so glad that you said it. And I I love the way you said it. And I also get chills when I see those, that flicker in somebody's eye and they go, wait a minute, this really is what, what makes me feel the most alive. It's like, oh my God, you better get busy doing that. That's right. I love it. As we're summing up, it's still the beginning of the new year and there's some momentum here and people you know, there's a, there's a little bit of extra hope in what's possible. How are we going to make 2018 different than last year? How are we going to do this and actually come New Year's Eve next, you know, at the end of the year, have a different outcome? What should we take with us? Well, I know this sounds so simple, but and this is probably gonna be so simple. Your listeners are gonna be like, oh, great. I'm taking notes on this. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, it really is like Nike, like just do it. Like, like there is no secret to weight loss. We know what we need to do to lose weight, right? Like we eat healthier and right. work out more. Right. We just don't do it. Okay. That's right. So like, right. if you want next year to be different, you need to do something different. You can't keep making the same recipe with the same ingredients and expecting a different cake. So if you want to do something different, it means you actually do something different. You dedicate the time, you spend the money, you invest in yourself, you do the work, you hustle and grind and try. And if you're trying, to your point earlier, if you're trying and trying and trying and just beating your head against the wall and you can't get past this, get some outside help. Yeah. Like get a business coach, read read a book, ask some friends, ask other entrepreneurs, get in a networking group, yeah. a mastermind group, yes. like get some help to get you past yeah. that yeah. so that you can, like just because you're beating your head against the wall doesn't mean you have to stay there. But if you want next year to be different, you have to do the work. Yeah. As we're closing, is there anything that you, I mean, we you have said so many important, critical things today and you've said them with so much humility, so much genuine enthusiasm. It's just a pleasure to listen to you. Thank is there you. anything else that you want to share? Any last like advice for today? Anything that you want to just say that you, have, you feel like you haven't said? Yeah, I would say the, the thing that I write in every book that I sign, the title of the last chapter is, you got this. Like, you already have what you need to chase your dream. You can do this, but I promise you this, like 
believing in your business starts with you because if you don't believe in your business, no one else will. So I just encourage your listeners to whether it's getting baby steps or quick wins or some encouragement from friends or help from a business coach or reading a book that gives you knowledge that, you know, furthers your confidence, wherever you get the belief and confidence that you need to go for it, get it because you can do this. You've just got to go for it. You'll never know until you try. So at least just give it a try. You're the best, Christy. Oh, so tell God. us. I just could talk to you all day. <laughs> uh, well, we're cut from a similar cloth, and it's I such know, a, I can it's, tell that already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tell us where people can find you. Sure, businessboutique.com. We have a podcast as well, and I would love to have you on. This is just something that we have the same heart for helping people do this. And so yep. uh, Business Boutique podcast on iTunes, and then businessboutique.com is where we have uh, the blog, the book, everything about our one-day events coming up this spring in different cities across the U.S. And then the Business Boutique Academy is my coaching group. So I don't really care how people get the help they need. I just want them to get the help they need because I'm with you. I'm like, let's chase this dream together. Like, you can do it. However you need help, let's get it. So businessboutique.com. Uh, you're, you're amazing. Honestly, I, I'm well, so glad kind. that I'm so glad that you were here. I, I hope that people, you know, I, I'm not, I don't hope actually, I know that people are, are so moved by this, but I do hope that they take that further and, and find you and listen to your podcast and, um, just keep absorbing all the good stuff that you're putting out there. You are doing God's work. You're helping people to, um, remember who they are and, uh, to get busy adding their stuff, adding their light to the world. So thank you for being on that on that mission and thanks for being on absolutely well gosh that was so much fun i christy is literally like a beacon of light okay here are some takeaways number one you don't need a full plan to begin just know what problem your business will solve number two don't ask how much should i charge per hour ask what's the value of my service and how much is that worth number three don't let other people define success for you number four have a clear brand we don't buy the best products or services we buy the ones we understand the fastest number five no one in the whole world has what you have number six there's no such thing as ready do it scared and build the muscle of confidence number seven identify who is your ideal customer it will lead you to them number eight we don't have a time problem, we have a priority problem. Number nine, think in terms of steps, not leaps. Turn your big dream into the 1.0 version and then start from there. Number 10, if you wait for proof that you can do it before you try, you'll never have it. Number 11, just do it. And number 12, you've got this. Believing in your business starts with you. All right, guys, well, that wraps it up for another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. If you felt like this episode was helpful and inspiring, share it with someone who you think needs to hear it. That means the world to us. And if you just feel so excited about what we're doing and you want to let us know that, go to iTunes, leave us a review. It means so much. It really helps our show. I love you. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Look at that girl. She's lighting up the world. She'll be a hologram to earn their love. People wait in line to see the way she shines. She wasn't perfect, would it be enough? Now the sky's on fire. I've lived my whole life walking on a wire. My heart's on fire. I don't want to live a lie. Suddenly, I'm breaking free. Suddenly, I'm breaking 
One, two, three, ready, set, free. 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 One, two, three, ready,